1: Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, there are people who have been in this industry uh, for a long time and have created not only a great name for themselves, but a great name for their company. And especially when they have a very specific focus and niche, I remember meeting Duncan the first time um, after uh, I had actually left uh, Peak when I was working with Ron Carson and we had some really great conversations about where Pareto Systems was going and what he was doing. Was It really the first time that I was really even allowed to talk to Duncan, because uh, uh, we were in kind of direct competition, even though that we really weren't. So if you haven't noticed, my guest today is Duncan McPherson. He is the CEO of Pareto Systems, and we're going to dive in a little bit about what he is seeing in the industry today. So Duncan, welcome to the show. Matt, thank you for having me. Okay, Duncan, you have your fingers on the pulse of thousands of advisors. What are you seeing right now? that is working for advisors across the board, not just from the systems perspective, but I know that you guys do some marketing stuff. I mean, you do all sorts of stuff. So talk to me about what you've seen is working really well for our fellow professionals. The biggest adjustment that some of the top
0: teams have made, and again, this starts from a mindset of seizing an opportunity and elevating not stagnating, is they're reintroducing themselves to their favorite clients. So basically what they're saying is on the phone call leading up to a face-to-face meeting, whether it's digitally or in person, they're saying that they're really looking forward to seeing the client. The team has used 2020 as an opportunity to raise the bar. Hmm. We're looking forward to showing you some of the adjustments that we've made in our upcoming meeting. It's a reset button for lack of a better term, and it's designed to start to future pace the client and make a statement. We're not playing defense here. We're not reacting. We're looking for ways to elevate the client experience. That's a huge commonality among the best. And I can go into that in more detail if you want some of the specifics.
1: That's been very, very well received by clients. Well, I definitely want to dive into that more deeply because one of the things that I've always liked about your system and your company is the completeness of what the advisors get, right? I mean, you guys provide wonderful written scripts and then also support after that. So I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here, Duncan, just for a second. So I'm a client, right? Advisors sometimes don't communicate with me as frequently as they should. You are now instituting this increased and more intimate frequency of communication. Uh, what, how, how do you start bridging that so it doesn't seem like you're kind of coming out of the blue?
0: First of all, the assumption is that the advisor is not saying to the client, look, I've been doing it wrong all these years and I'm now just starting to get my act together. You have to remember, Matt, that the caliber of teams we work with is very high, so they've already had professional contrast in terms of how they conduct themselves, both in terms of their proactive and reactive service. The focal point here is that because of the abstract nature of the business, because it's becoming more commoditized, fee worthiness is always something they have to be mindful of, relationships can drift into a pattern of familiarity where things start getting taken for granted and loyalty fatigue is born. So the advisor is just trying to get out in front of that by rejuvenating the relationship, getting out of this sort of rehash of something that's happened in the past, focusing more on where everything's going and removing the mystery around the value
1: of the advisor to the client. Ooh, ooh, I want to pause you there. Let's talk about that. That's what I want to know. What are you telling your I, I know that you really do work with the top 20% of, of financial services professionals in, in North America, but what, what are you telling them? I mean, how are you teaching them to show that value so that the fee compression and concern that a lot of people are talking about isn't as much of an issue.
0: First of all, the
1: elite teams
0: place as much emphasis on practice management and relationship management as they do on wealth management wealth management is becoming so increasingly commoditized none of how an advisor manages money is really proprietary Mm -hmm. in fact many of our advisors are getting out of the wealth management business per se meaning they're outsourcing to substantial entities to liberate them to focus on what is proprietary and that's the client experience that practice management creates The advocacy that can come out of a relationship when it's nurtured more effectively. That's the emphasis. And that again is a commonality, but you know, that back to the adjustment. I did this little video, I don't know if you saw it on LinkedIn, but it was called the review meeting is obsolete. I did see that. It's, I don't mean to oversimplify it, but eight minutes where it basically says to the advisor, look. Rebrand your face-to-face meetings, whether they're on Zoom or in person as strategy and tactical meetings that are agenda-driven and they're part of your process and use those meetings to reintroduce yourself to your clients to remove the mystery so that they understand and appreciate your value fully and completely. Now that might just sound like a word salad, but that is by design, it's engineered. The reaction, in fact, I did a consultation just prior to this conversation with you. And this team is 15 clients into their reframe and the reactions across the board are incredibly favorable. Hmm.
1: What are you hearing? I mean, I, first off, I, I don't believe that what you said in any way, shape, or form is word salad because I've followed you for so long. And I know that you are very strategic about positioning some of the scripting and some of your ideas because there are powerful psychological and behavioral reasons why you're changing some of those words. They're 15 deep uh, or they're 10 to 15 deep in this transition. What are they hearing from this repositioning of the relationship and what these meanings look like? Okay, so let's let's sort of engineer
0: it together. So here's what the advisor is saying. They're sending the agenda in the email confirming the face-to-face meeting and asking the client to print it out and start writing down some of the things that are on their mind. And then when they sit down face-to-face or on Zoom, they start working through the agenda. But they start off by saying, as we work through the agenda, I just want to let you know that as a team, we have gone through an exercise for the purposes of elevating the client experience. And through that, we've come to this realization that we've got some amazing clients, but many of our clients are not aware of everything we do. Mm -hmm. We're kind of our own best kept secret. We're kind of like the iceberg. You you know what you know, you know what you see, but there's so much more there. So at the end of this meeting, I've got a couple of items at the bottom of the agenda. I'm just going to drill down a little bit further into the process so you have the complete picture. That's how it's positioned once they actually do that. And they go, you know, we, Matt, we've got a turnkey approach to this, but at the end, here's what the client says to the advisor. They say, finally, I actually understand what you do. (laughs) Like I've always loved you. You've always taken good care of our family, but now I actually get it. That's the
1: response. Man, that's gotta be just soul filling and reinforcing and what a great opportunity to do things like ask for a referral or just be so grateful that they're your client I mean that's that's absolutely fantastic that's amazing marketing Duncan and I know you know that but I want our listeners to focus on that that by reinforcing your value proposition and truly what makes you unique and different every time you meet without having it come across as being salesy right is some of the best marketing we refer to as organic marketing that you can do with your existing client base which in turn is going to keep you type of, top of mind and make it so that they're going to more easily refer you to whether that's to the website a white paper a podcast a video series or whatever you're doing in your active marketing now let's switch gears a little bit because i just bridged the gap with the next direction that i want to take you in which is marketing you offer consultation because part of practice management happens to be you know making sure that you are raising awareness of who you are and what makes you unique and different. Duncan, what are you seeing now that it, your top producers are using to get their voice out in the marketplace and to bring in new business?
0: Well, first of all, and this is a bit of semantics, but we we actually put a bigger emphasis on branding than marketing. Okay. Marketing is what you say, right? It's a claim that you make to the world, but branding is what they hear. It's how it's interpreted. Branding is designed to create professional contrast and let people come to their own conclusions that you are superior. So the positioning there, it's it's not done through salesmanship. It's done through stewardship. It is positioning. It's not pitching. Like all client acquisition, you have to be clear on who the addressable audience is. We always believe that before you go out and try to convince new people to do anything, work a little closer and a little bit better with the people who are already convinced. See what comes of that because the ultimate goal is to convert a client that endorses you into an advocate who will introduce someone to you That is the purest form of client acquisition, is that steady stream of introductions. Back to your question, for many of our clients, we're engineering a branding strategy to position the concept of advocacy as a service they're providing to their clients and how to attract those introductions. It's incredibly powerful when there's volatility and uncertainty in the world because that's when a financial professional is at his or her highest level of referability when there's uncertainty because money's topical, there's doubt that a lot of people have for their current provider and they're looking for a safe haven and the first place somebody goes is they talk to a trusted friend and say hey, are you happy with your financial advisor because I've just about had it with mine, right? <laughs> and then the introduction
1: is is activated. You talked about advisors, outsourcing things and the first thing that you had talked about was outsourcing this, you know, the the money management we on many many podcasts we've even had people on podcasts who are the outsourcing solution are you finding that more and more of your top producers are outsourcing more and more stuff so that they can stay in their lane and truly stay focused on on really what they're truly good at
0: yeah again well said not to over extend on the metaphor but the stay in the lane like i i just want them to reduce friction for me it's like going into a HOV lane, right? You've got the the pass and off you go and it's just smooth sailing. From my perspective, if you think of the the art and science of being an elite financial professional has evolved, and I look at the balance between high tech and high touch. With technology, if you automate and allocate a lot of the technical aspects of wealth management to a blue chip firm, it liberates you to go deeper into the high touch of the client experience. Top clients, you know, they're pretty enlightened. They're not as fixated on monthly performance, short-term issues one way or the other. They're more big picture. When they when they go into the high touch, now it's not promissory just on performance, it's promissory on a client experience. What it means to be our client now and into the future. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, there are some great firms out there. You might know I've got a great relationship with First Trust. I mean, the opportunities to outsource, to liberate, to go deeper into what's proprietary, it's so incredibly powerful. And it enables a financial professional to go further up market to that high net worth sort of millionaire next door type client. And we see that happen every day.
1: Now, you also have a relationship with some friends of ours at Idea Decanter. Are you seeing more and more advisors moving into different sorts of media types outside of what their comfort level might be?
0: Absolutely. I mean, part of the client experience is one-to-one and Mm one-to-many. The teams that embrace video, like with Idea Decanter, creating both the evergreen uh, value proposition, trailer, what makes us different type of video that goes on their website. And then of course, the cascading video of like a video blog or things like that. It's very efficient and clients love it. Now, you know this because you're an authority uh, in your field. The key with the video is brevity, specificity, and proprietary, Hmm. which means get to the point quickly. Don't talk about talking about things. Get to the point. Talk primarily about one thing and then ensure that all roads lead to what's proprietary to you, and that's the fact that you have a process. Advisors generally talk in terms of, you know, I help clients achieve their goals and we provide great service and planning and advice. No, 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 no. (laughs) I don't help people. I have a process that helps people. Hmm. Service is part of my process. Planning is part of our process. Everything is part of the process. Most financial professionals, they could do between 85 and 120 different individual things, but each individual thing is commoditized. It's like a brick. You put a pile of bricks in front of you, it doesn't do much. The mortar is the process. You put it all together, it's strong, it's beautiful, it's durable. The process is what creates professional contrast. We want clients to buy into the process, not buy into the, not buy transactionally, the individual little things, you know?
1: Yeah. We, uh, Kirk and I ended up kind of changing our education slash sales process to focus a lot more on the fact that we're a very process oriented organization here. And I mean, you're the king of this, Duncan. And I guess it just took us a little while to wake up and realize that's a really powerful thing. But people love that. People love to know that you've got your stuff together and that you're prepared. And there are seamless transitions between the different things that you do. And that's where the systems come in play. That's where the processes come in play. Now, am I right there? Or am I really talking out of turn, brother?
0: No. Well, first of all, you, your team, you've done a very good job in elevating and creating professional contrast in your space. And part of that, like any knowledge for profit, fee-for-service professional, they need to take the abstract nature of what they do and make it more conceptual. So like you said, just referring to your value and your approach as being process-driven makes it a thing. That's like a handle to grab onto. So we're not sort of talking in generalities and superlatives and platitudes and things that float around. No, 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 no we've developed and refined a process. So so clients don't need to know everything you know, they just need to know that you know. And when you say, you know, we've got a process in place and let's stick to the process, let's move to the next step in the process, clients just buy into that. Mm -hmm. And then of course the trust comes from the fact that you conduct yourself consistently and professionally and it just validates all of it.
1: Now let's, let's get to the root of all of this, which is why you have been so successful for so many years is because advisors don't follow those processes because they don't have them because in their mind, they think that everything is a one-off. Solve that problem in 30 seconds or less, Duncan.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, great, great point. Now here's the thing. Most advisors actually have a process. They just don't refer to it as one. Oh, and there are gaps in the process. So Hmm. you think about an onboarding process. Okay. So the signing ceremony, you onboard a new client. I mean, most teams have an onboarding process. They might wing it. It might be in their heads. Right. But if they get clear and document that and turn it into an intellectual property and then take it from six steps to 12, now it's a fully built out process. Okay. So, I mean, listen, I mow the lawn pretty much the same way every time Mm -hmm. i have a process i'm always looking for efficiencies now of course it's not documented but it is repeatable and it is transferable i can teach my kids to do the same process and they might find some little corners to cut here and there but you know what i'm saying we are we are creatures of habit the key is take it out of your head as an intention turn it into an intellectual property by documenting documenting it and then keep refining and
1: optimizing it. And you'll just keep put more distance between you and everybody else. How do you pull that out of their brains? I've actually, I've never, I didn't ask you this the first time you were on the podcast. I've always wondered this. How do you teach your coaches and people on your team to identify those and to get the advisor to take action to write them down so they are more repeatable and transferable?
0: We have a gap analysis that draws it out. Okay. The assumption is that they do a lot of things right already. I mean, part of the beauty of what we do, and you you attract a certain caliber as well, we attract good people. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's anything wrong. There's nothing broken. We're not trying to fix something. There's just Mm -hmm. gaps. So we do a gap analysis up front that reveals six to eight to 10 things that need to be addressed so we're not changing them we're not breaking anything down we're building on what they have but here's the thing it's got to be documented into a playbook it's got to be process driven in the form of an intellectual property if it resides in someone's head
1: it's just a good intention to wrap up the podcast today You said something that is a cornerstone of our philosophy here, which is stewardship, not salesmanship. Do you think that the old sales techniques that so many of us in this industry were taught are dead or don't work anymore? How, how, where are you at with how advisors need to position themselves as experts in the marketplace?
0: I'm not going to say that salesmanship is dead. It's just transactional. So if you're going to go out and buy a car, it's a one-off transaction, fine. Salespeople know they're, they're trying to close you because of the law of diminishing intent. They don't, if you leave, you're not coming back to buy the car later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it works. Financial professionals today are not transactional. They're fee-for-service professionals that could literally go second and third generation within a, a family. Mm-hmm. How they start a relationship, if they start a relationship by closing them on buying a product or selling them something, they're painting themselves into a corner. The the likelihood that relationship will ever go into full total client engagement and advocacy is so limited. Plus, you think about that really enlightened client. The advisors want to grow up market to that millionaire next door client they don't want to be sold. They've been around that block so many times. They don't want to buy something. They want to buy into something. And what they want to buy into is a relationship with good people, a good practice, and a built-out process. They're not buying something, they're buying into something, and that's stewardship. And that's where advocacy and long-term engagement and empowerment and the, when the money goes into motion from first generation earned money to second generation found money, it doesn't
1: leave the advisor. Absolutely. All right. I'm sure that there are listeners who want to find out a little bit more about what it would be to work with you. Let's talk about who your ideal client is and in, in, since we actually work in the same marketplace, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are your ideal client. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Let's talk about that.
0: Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's a good place to start to kick our tires or they can track us down. I'm sure you can relay our our initial contact number. And listen, we don't don't try to convince someone to become a client. We want to see if there's an alignment of interests now and in the future. And just to be right up front, Matt, since you and I have talked, where our business has evolved to, many of our clients today, they want to completely build out their organic business competitor proof their clients and maximize their business and enterprise value. And then, as a proof of concept, pivot from organic to scalable growth. Many of our in fact, the client I talked to just before now is getting positioned to start acquiring businesses. So you think about the demography, mm-hmm. the people who want to get out of the business in the next twelve to sixty months or somewhere in between? You think about the advisors who are plateaued and the friction is too severe and the commoditization is intense. They want to draft in behind somebody who's cracked the code. That's the next frontier. That's our ideal team who wants to get into that franchise-ready, scalable growth model so they can monetize on their process fully. And I got to tell you something, that is very exciting. And (laughs) as a good client of ours says... He says, why would I bring on 50 new clients? I could bring on one advisor with 50 clients. Mm-hmm. It, it works like a charm.
1: Absolutely. All right. If you want to find out more about what it's like to work with Pareto Systems, go to paretosystems.com or the advisorplaybook.com. So there's a couple of great places to find some good information. 866-593-8020 is the, is the way to actually phone call, uh, make a phone call to Pareto Systems. The Advisor Playbook, listen, you need to follow Duncan on LinkedIn. Uh, He puts out great content, actionable, free stuff. He has the same philosophy that we do here at Top Advisor Marketing, which is to do whatever we possibly can to provide you with as much information as you can to make an informed decision, not only about where you wanna go, but if you actually need or want our services or if you can do it yourself. Duncan, thank you so much for being a great guest on our show again. Thanks very much, Matt. And you and your team are bringing great value to the industry as well. So thanks for that. That's why I wake up every morning and drive my family crazy with why I'm so excited about going to work. So thanks, brother. I appreciate that. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, we'll show up directly on your listening device. If you have any podcast ideas or guest ideas, email me matt at topadvisorm.com or follow me on LinkedIn and shoot me a quick message. Hey, Matt, I think this would be a great topic or this would be a great guest. We're always looking for wonderful people to interview for the show. And if you have an extra five minutes, just throw a quick five star rating on iTunes or any of the players. That way we can show up even higher in the rankings on the podcast world. So for everybody at Pareto Systems and Duncan McPherson, this is Matt Halloran. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients?
0: Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information.
1: This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.